D F S. It is Friday, November 25th here in Draft Shark Studios Remote. Draft Shark Studios North for me this week, Jared. Welcome to our Week 12 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me as always is Jared Smoll. And Jared, I'm on the road this week. I'm where I always am in, in my basement. At least it's you know my basement, not my, my parents' basement. But um, I'm, I'm basically chained here for, for another month or so. Don't you think you'd be a better fantasy analyst if it was your parents' basement, though? <laughs> Probably. I should give it a shot. Save me some money, too. Well, speaking of money, we're here primarily to help people make money, not save money. But that's a whole different podcast. We're playing on DraftKings. We're playing on FanDuel this week. We're using the Draft Sharks lineup generator to find the best values and set our best lineups. Jared, for cash quarterback on DK this week, are you paying up or who are you going for? Playing our guy, Geno Smith. 6000 bucks on DraftKings. Checks in as our top dollars per point value. At quarterback has just been steady all season. I mean, he has 19 plus DraftKings points in six of his last eight games now. And then this this matchup against Vegas really elevates Geno. Vegas dead last in football outsiders past defense DVOA on the season. They're also dead last over the past five weeks, so they're they're not getting any better. They might be getting worse actually. Um, they're also dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterback. So the best quarterback matchup Geno Smith gets this week, and his Seahawks are implied for the fourth highest implied total on the main slate at 25.75 points. Yeah, the matchup's great. The price is good. And Gino's just been a floor play over a ceiling play all year. He's like the mm-hmm. guy you want in your cash game because the way that he's played, you know, even when he started going well this year, it was like, yeah, but at some point he's going to turn back into Gino. That has not happened. He's just been like the steady guy. He's had four straight games of two plus of two touchdown passes. He's had two touchdown throws in eight of his 10 games for the season. He's had just one game of more than two. So he's not the guy to go to for ceiling. I like Geno as a cash play. I like that both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are decent values in that 6K range on DK. I'd play Lockett ahead of DK Metcalf, 6,200 versus 6,500 for Metcalf. But I think they're both in play if you do prefer Metcalf. Lockett, just five targets each of his past two games, but eight targets and two straight before that. Does have touchdowns in three straight games. So he's been a pretty steady producer for us. Yeah, and you, you know, you mentioned Gino being more of a floor play this season, and that's true. I'm, I'm still going to go to him in tournaments for a couple of reasons. One, I think, again, the, the matchup might make this a ceiling game. And he does have one game of 34. DraftKings points has another of 24. The other reason is, you know, 24, 25 points might be good enough this week. You know, Patrick Mahomes is the only elite quarterback on the main slate. I guess I'm sort of knocking Lamar Jackson out of that tier at this point. I mean, he you know, he could still go for 30 plus and break the slate. But I mean, Mahomes is the only one that's been producing as an elite quarterback. And just this game against the Rams, you know, if the Rams don't push back at all, I'm not sure you're going to get a ceiling game out of Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, with Geno's price, with the you know makeup of this main slate and the fact that, like you said, Lockett and Metcalf are nice values. And I think you're soaking up a lot of Geno's production by playing both those guys. So I'm, I'm going to be playing Geno with that double stack in tournaments. Are you running back Devontae Adams? Yeah, I'm going to run back Adams on one team and then Jacobs on another team. So I'll have two Geno Smith stacks. If you look at the game logs, pretty much either Adams or Jacobs has gone off like every game for Vegas. And I think that's even more likely to be the case now with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover my bases and run back Jacobs and Adams on these Geno teams. Yeah, I like that way of approaching it. I like what you're saying about Patrick Mahomes. I do think that he's in play. I'm not too concerned about that Rams game because I think even if there's not a whole lot of resistance in it, Kansas City is the type of team where they'll, they'll just say, fine, we'll have 35 points at halftime. And then maybe in the second half, we'll run it to just run the clock out. And I'll take that 35 point first half. 
from Patrick Mahomes and his guys. The other guy that's in play for me as attorney quarterback is Tom Brady at 5,800. So even $200 cheaper than Geno Smith facing Cleveland. And the thing I like about Tom Brady versus Geno Smith is even though the last time we saw the Bucs, they leaned run, overall, they've been a pass-leaning offense. So there's a lot more evidence pointing to that being the likely approach than them leaning on the run game if they lean back toward the pass in this one. They've got a neutral matchup on the passing side against Cleveland this week. So I think they'll be capable of doing whatever they feel like doing, really. Chris Godwin, 6000 bucks is fourth in our wide receiver value chart in DK dollars per point. Mike Evans is always a high ceiling guy. So you've got those two guys at the same price, I believe, combined as what you would have for Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So 12-7 for those two in a lineup with a $5,800 Tom Brady, whose price is down because he hasn't been putting up big passing numbers for a while. Yeah, lowest price of the season for Brady. So I, I like him too, as we've talked about, you know, the passing yards have been there. He's fourth in the NFL in passing yards, Brady is. He, you know, he just hasn't been getting the touchdowns and he's, he's sitting on, I believe a career low touchdown rate still. So I like that call. We do have to keep an eye on the weather in Cleveland. Um, the early forecast is rain and like 20 to 30 mile per hour wind. So that could get me off Brady if that ends up happening on Sunday. So we'll see the other two guys I'm going to in tournaments, both sides of this uh, chargers Cardinals game. I like Justin Herbert in particular at 7,000 bucks. I think you can double stack him with Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, and or Gerald Everett. Just pick two of those guys. I mean, Austin Eckler's in play too, I guess. So there are a bunch of stacking options. But Herbert looked as good as he has all season to me last week in that loss to Kansas City. Getting Keenan Allen back obviously helped there. Uh, season high, 9.3 yards per attempt for Herbert in that game. Then you have this Cardinals pass defense. It looks like they're, they're going to be without their top corner, Byron Murphy, again. He missed that game on Monday night against San Francisco and we saw Jimmy Garoppolo throw for four touchdowns. So I think it's a good spot for Herbert. And then I do, I might end up playing one Kyler Murray team too, but you know, basically just, you could probably just take the Herbert lineup and sub in Kyler Murray in place of Herbert there, you know, Murray's like 200 bucks less and just play it that way. Um, you know, probably with DeAndre Hopkins as your stack with Kyler and then, you know, with one or two runbacks from the Chargers side. Yeah, I've got Kyler Murray down on the FanDuel list as well for very similar reasons. So moving to running back now for cash, Jeff Wilson Jr. jumps out to me at 5,900 first versus the league's worst run defense. 17 carries, five targets against Cleveland in just his second game since being traded to the Dolphins. He's got touchdowns in each of his appearances for Miami. And Houston opponents, as we've talked about, have been going run heavy because you can. I don't know if Miami's going to, but we know that we at least have an offensive head coach who is willing to do that overall, whether it happens this week, you know, we'll see, but we know it's a possibility. We're not taking a pass heavy head coach and forcing him into potential run heaviness here. Right. The Texans have faced a league high 29 running back carries per game. The next highest is 24.7. So, you know, it's because their run defense is so bad and it's because teams are playing from ahead versus Houston. The Dolphins are, are massive favorites in this game. So I, I do think it's going to be a run heavier game plan than usual for Miami. Raheem Mostert looks iffy for this game. He's missed the first two practices of the week with a knee injury. If he doesn't play, I think Wilson is a must in cash at 5,900 bucks. I think he's in play even if Mostert ends up suiting up. I think Wilson is going to be the lead back, especially if Mostert's not at a hundred percent. There are a ton of good running back plays this week. It's one of those weeks, you know, some weeks it's hard to find, you know, two or three strong cash game plays at running back there. It's this week. It's, you know, whittling these five or six guys down to just three. I like Ken Walker at 6,900 bucks. Um, I'd like playing both Geno Smith and Ken Walker, just soaking up what should be all of the Seahawks touchdowns, you know, in, in a home game for the Raiders. Raiders, not quite as bad against the run as the pass, but you know, they're, they're not good against the run. So it's a good spot for Kenneth Walker. We just saw him play a big role in the passing game 
in Seattle's last game prior to the bye week. So you like that, especially on DraftKings. And I think James Conner is also a strong cash game play at 6,600 bucks. Uh, the last two weeks, we've just seen him dominate work in the Cardinals backfield. If you look at the numbers last week, it doesn't look like Connor dominated, but that's because they pulled him in the fourth quarter of that blowout loss. But um, yeah, I do think you're going to get 90% of the backfield work going to Connor in this game against the Chargers. And the Chargers have been the worst run defense in the NFL over the past five weeks, according to Football Outsiders DVOA. So I agree with James Connor. I think Antonio Gibson is the other guy I want to throw into the mix. 5,400 versus the Falcons. He might still be, if you look at him overall, he might still be one of those guys that makes you think, yeah, I'll play him in a tournament lineup, but not on the cash side. The way that he's getting used right now makes him fine for cash, especially on DK. But last week, he even worked ahead of Brian Robinson Jr. as a runner. This is the seventh most friendly scoring matchup for running backs on the season. And it's a Washington offense that wants to run the ball. So there should be plenty of rushing volume for Washington in this one, even if it ends up more split than we want it to be. I think that plus the $5,400 price for Gibson makes him very attractive, especially in a lineup where we're trying to put, you know, either three running backs or fit something expensive at wide receiver or tight end. Yeah, for sure. Gibson's on my list. And then the other guy on my cash consideration list is Latavius Murray, who actually checks in as the best value in terms of you know projected points per DraftKings dollar here. 5,000 bucks. I think some weeks he'd be a strong cash play um, just because we expect him to get the vast majority of the work in the Broncos backfield now that Melvin Gordon's no longer there. Mike Boone's going to miss at least one more game on IR. Um, but again, there's other, there's there's options that project for more raw points this week. And it, Pricing's pretty loose this week. I think it's maybe as loose as it's been all season on drafting. So I'm not sure you need to go down to the $5,000 Latavius Murray, but I, I do think he's a uh, fine play if you, if you need those those savings. Yeah, I agree. I think if you get to the point where $400 you need between Gibson and Latavius Murray, you go ahead and play Murray. Yep. He's the one that I would want to leave out because he's a limited player. His offense has been terrible. And like you said, there are other good options in that cheap range if you don't need that extra salary savings for getting down to him. I certainly like on the tournament side, Wilson and Gibson here as well. I want to see what the ownership rates are. I doubt that they're going to get too high for me to throw out Wilson or Gibson though, because of them both coming in under 6K and both of them having really multiple touchdown upside. Like if they deliver at whatever ownership level, I'm still getting plenty of points. Yeah, I'm Really interested to see what ownership looks like come Saturday night, Sunday morning. Because again, there are, I think, a 10 or so viable running back plays for for tournaments, especially. Um, and, you know, some of those guys are going to get left out. So I'll probably be focusing on the guys that, you know, look like are going to go under-owned. Rashad White is 5100 bucks. I hope Leonard Fournette ends up playing. If Fournette's out, I think Rashad White becomes a cash play at 5100 He's also going to become super popular. So that, you know, make him a... A weaker tournament play, um, but if Fournette's in, I think that keeps some ownership off for Shad White. Fifty-one hundred bucks again. Great matchup against Cleveland, who's been really struggling against the run lately. They've allowed four point nine yards per carry and six total running back touchdowns over their last four games now. Um, and you know, even if Fournette plays, even if he was healthy, I think there's a chance for Shad White leads the backfield in touches. And then if Fournette's you know not healthy, which you know he's not going to be at one hundred percent dealing with the hip, um, I, I think uh, White might play a pretty big role coming out of the bye here. Yeah, I mean, certainly Fournette leaving early with the hip issue last time helped Rashad White, but he started that game. So they clearly began the game looking to get Rashad White more work. And Byron Leftwich confirmed that this week. He said yesterday that they always knew the skills were there. They wanted Rashad White to get to the point where he could handle that many opportunities, that many snaps in a game where he was just ready to play that much. And they And he said, now he has shown us that he is. So we're ready to continue giving him more work, whether that means more work than Leonard Fournette, 
when both are healthy. We'll have to see. We haven't seen a full game of that yet to know exactly what it looks like, but it at least means more. We're probably looking at at least a split like Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott in Dallas, I would guess. Yeah, and even if you get that, I think White's a good tournament play because you know he he can catch passes. He you know is a decent touchdown bet in a game with the Bucks favor and having a decent implied total. So I'll be on White mm-hmm. either way in tournaments. I got Austin Eckler for tournaments too, uh, kind of you know, paying up again. There's all these quality plays in the five six k range. I think that might mm-hmm. keep ownership off Austin Eckler eighty five hundred. Coming off a two target game after he'd been averaging like, you know, eight to 10 targets for a while now, I kind of think that's just the fluke. I think his target volume will climb, especially in this matchup. Um, Arizona 30th in football outsiders running back coverage rankings. They've allowed the sixth most running back receiving yards. So again, I like Eckler possibly in Herbert's stacks or even, you know, just as a one off in uh, other stacks. Yeah, and you can certainly check the lineup generator to see those DK dollars per point numbers as well as the projected ownership heading into the game. I think that'll be a good way to gauge who the top expensive guys are because we, you know, we we highlight lots of these value plays, but a huge part of playing value plays is so you can get that, you know, one or two yep. studs into your lineup that can really make the week for you. Michael Carter is one more cheap guy I want to throw out just for tournament purposes, 5400 against the Bears. You know, in case we do want an ownership pivot off of Antonio Gibson or Rashad White, if he ends up being the only guy in the Tampa Bay backfield, Carter's got the good price, 5,400. He's got a good matchup. Chicago's run defense has picked up a bit lately. Two of their three best DVOA performances in run defense have come among their past three games against Miami and Detroit. The past D, though, has been awful, and the defense overall has been weak. They traded away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn in recent weeks. That's certainly hurt things overall. And Michael Carter is positioned to take advantage in whichever area the Jets want him to. So, you know, we've all thought about, talked about the target shares he got in that limited time with Mike White the last time Mike White was starting a quarterback for the Jets. I don't expect those numbers to continue, but this is where you take a shot just in case we get another one of those Mike White games where he targets Michael Carter 10 times. If he does that, you're going to get a DK bonanza here at a nice salary and at probably very low ownership. Yeah, I'd say that's the path to a ceiling game for Carter as a whole bunch of targets. And and like you said, I mean, it's about as good as a matchup he's going to get the rest of the way. So if if Carter is going to give us a ceiling game, it's going to come this week. I probably won't be on him, but. But we'll see. <laughs> there you go. Wide receiver for cash, Jared. I think this is the spot where we can agree on one receiver we've been arguing about lately. But who do you like for cash? Um, trying to think, think who that would be because my three cash game plays right now are Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, and Terry McLaurin. They're 6,100, 6,000, and 5,800. So kind of living in that range. And I, I just think they're all really strong target bets. I mean, Keenan Allen, in his return last week, he was a bit limited, only ran a route on 74% of the pass plays, still saw eight targets for a 27% target share. And he's been a full go in practice all week. So I think you're going to get him back to, you know, 80, 90% of the route. So I just think he's a really good target bet. I like this Chargers Cardinals game to be a shootout. Chris Godwin, you know, 10.8 targets over his last five games. Like I'm going to play that every time at 6,000 bucks. And then Terry McLaurin, I mean, the Concern is I think Washington goes run heavy again on Sunday against Atlanta because they'll they'll be able to and I think they'll be fairly effective on the ground. But I mean, Taylor Heineke's only averaged 30 passes across his five starts and McLaurin's still averaging 8.6 targets per game because he has a 29% target share. So I, I just feel good about his volume even if we don't get, you know, more than 30 passes out of Heineke on Sunday. I agree. I think that it's tough for McLaurin to get a ceiling. I don't like him as much in a tournament lineup, yeah. but I like him plenty in cash. Would you be willing to play Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson in the same cash lineup on DraftKings? 
Yeah, I would. Um, I think they're both their value projections and their price tags. Like you're paying 5,800 and 5,400 for them. I, I think they can easily both deliver at those prices. Yeah, I think that's key to factor in. If you get into the mid six or even higher range, it's tougher to play two guys from the same lineup because then you need both of them to really deliver big numbers. But the lower you get, the less you need to get in a return on that. I think Josh Palmer is also in play, $5,400, $700 cheaper than Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is probably out for this game, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, the guy I was referring to at first is just like a guy you might not need to get down to yeah. because of all the value we've talked about. But Sky Moore at 3K is sitting at the top of our DK dollars per point for this game against the Rams. It's a pass favoring matchup where I would expect the Chiefs to come out throwing, you know, regardless, just because that's the way the Rams defense stacks up. And even if a guy or two are injured, the Chiefs have the wherewithal to throw as much as they want to. Kadarius Tony probably not going to play. Didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Juju Smith-Schuster should be back. So that crowds things. But Sky Moore at 3K, if you didn't want to pay down for those running backs or if just the way you're building your lineup finds you needing that extra savings. Let's say you want to play Patrick Mahomes as your cash quarterback. Him and Sky Moore can fit together and still give you some of the savings that we were talking about with those cheaper running backs. And I don't think that there's a whole lot of ceiling here, but there's room for Sky Moore to deliver pretty good return on the cheapest possible salary. Right. Yeah. I don't, at least the way I'm building that cash lineup, I definitely don't need to go down to sky more. I, I guess if you wanted to play Mahomes, I think you could probably play Eckler and, and then, you know, you'd have to use sky more. So that, that'd be one way to do it. Not the direction I'm going. I'm curious to see what sky Moore's ownership projection settles in at. Like I could see him being one of the most popular wide receiver plays on the entire slate. And, and if that's the case, I think he's probably a, good fade a scary fade but a good fade in tournaments i mean you, we're gonna have juju mvs justin watson and sky Moore. so the chiefs are gonna have you know four wide receivers they're probably gonna be cycling them in i think you know Moore is gonna play quite a bit i don't think he's gonna be a full-time player so i don't know i, I guess i'd have to think about whether he's a tournament play at you know if he comes in at 20 percent projected own or whatever it's gonna be i think he might be worth fading I, I don't really like him as a tournament play anyway. I mean, I can see putting him in a Patrick Mahomes lineup just because mm -hmm. of the salary and it's his quarterback. But I think he's a pretty easy fade because, like you said, he's probably not going to be more than the fourth target in this game. And, you know, even though Kansas City is a better spot to be that than Tennessee is, it still doesn't give you it still lowers both your floor and your ceiling. Yeah, and again, you just, I don't think you need those savings this week. I think you can build really strong right. lineups without using a 3K wide receiver this week. So like, even if Moore goes for 14 points, which is like a good you know, salary-based return, um, I, I don't think you know that might not be enough to win a tournament this week. I think a cheaper wide receiver who can give you ultimate ceiling is Garrett Wilson at 4,300 against the Bears. Like I mentioned, the Bears' pass defense has just been dreadful over the past four weeks, and that's in that span where they traded away two defensive starters. If you look at our adjusted fantasy points allowed, the Bears look like a negative scoring matchup for both for wide receivers and then a neutral matchup for quarterbacks, so it doesn't really stand out as a great spot. But that terrible recent performance, the Bears and Raiders drastically worse than any other pass defense in DVOA over that stretch. So, you know, Garrett Wilson might get five targets and catch two balls and do absolutely nothing in this game, or maybe he gets 10 targets, catches eight of them and scores. And I think I, neither of those two eventualities would surprise me, but I think that if you do get a big Garrett Wilson game, as we've already seen as possible this season, regardless of quarterback play, if you get that, you're probably going to get it at very low ownership this week. Yeah, I like the Wilson call, and there are a few other wide receivers in the low 4K 
territory that, that I like, which I guess is another reason to maybe fade Sky Moore if he's going to be popular, right? So Garrett Wilson, I like. Traylon Burks, I like at 4,200 bucks. Um, you know, 28% target share last week, um, which again, I think he, he's going to need a big target share because this is going to remain a low passing volume offense. But, you know, I think he can stay in that territory and be getting, you know, six to eight targets per week. And the Bengals passed the 26th in Football Outsiders DVOA over the last five weeks we talked about them losing their top corner Chidobi Abouzier so th- this matchup isn't as tough as it you know looked like early in the season for Trey Lombards and then I think Nico Collins is still in play I mean you know, we'll see what the quarterback change means for Houston um, but just 4,100 bucks for Nico Collins he has 17 targets over his last two games now and this is a game where you know Houston should be chasing Miami for most of the game so I really think the passing volume might be up and then the last one Julio Jones 4k Last time we saw him before the buy, 74% of the pass routes, a 17% target share. And he is he has no he has no body part listed on the injury report this week. He got Thursday off for rest, but um there's no knee, no ankle, no hamstring on the injury report. So you know, he should be as healthy as he's been all year coming off the bye week. Do you think it's because they have space limitations on what they can list and they're like, ah, <laughs> let's just call it rest rather than put all these things on there? Could be. Uh, a couple other guys I want to throw out. You know, we, we talked about quarterbacks you play, and obviously that's going to dictate some of what you choose at wide receiver especially. But T. Higgins is somebody I'd consider playing without his quarterback, 6,900 against Tennessee. Not a special value this week, but it's a, it's more of a pass funnel matchup. It's one I, I don't I, – I probably wouldn't get to Joe Burrow because it's not the kind of matchup that says they're stopping everything on the ground, but they're generous through the air. The Tennessee defense has just been good – overall lately. So I'm not sure Joe Burrow is going to be my tournament quarterback, but I'd be willing to play T Higgins if he fits without Joe Burrow in there because he should be the lead wide receiver. We'll see about Jamar Chase, but frankly, even if Jamar Chase is back, it could help keep the ownership away from Higgins in this matchup where he'll probably still be the better bet for production. The Bengals defense, on the other hand, you talked about it being rough against the pass, also been bad against the run. So I like kind of this mini stack of T Higgins with either Traylon Burks for cheaper or Derrick Henry for likely low ownership and high upside here because the Bengals have not only been weak against the pass, but 27th in DVOA against the run as well over the past four weeks. So either of those Titans has a path to giving you big numbers this week. I like it. Dante Adams is the wide receiver I want to pay up for 40, 31 and 36 DraftKings points in his last three games now. And he has a 36 and a half percent target share over the past two games with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfer out. Those guys are obviously going to remain out on Sunday. So again, um, as, especially as part of the, the Geno Smith stacks. And even I think if you're, you know, playing a different stack, you know, playing a Adams with Kenneth Walker or Adams with one of the Seahawks wide receivers as a mini stack, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I agree. And the final name I'll throw out is Juju Smith-Schuster, either as part of a Patrick Mahomes lineup or by himself. Just 5,700, he's kind of sneaky in the middle there where he's not cheap enough to stand out and not expensive mm-hmm. enough to fade him because of price. I'm going to be curious to see his ownership, but I would guess that it'll be lower than it really should based on his production in recent games when he's been in there because there will be some people looking to play Sky Moore because Juju Smith-Schuster has been away for basically a couple weeks, missed a game and left the previous one early. So it's been three weeks now since we really got helpful fantasy numbers from Juju. Yeah, I think figuring out what to do with the Chiefs is going to be key to this late. Like I, I definitely think you want exposure because they do still have the implied total, that big implied total. They're going to put up points. Um, it's just kind of figuring out where they're going to come from. It's interesting too, that we haven't mentioned the Dolphins passing game at all. And, and I get it. Like I, I, I want to be off because I think it's going to be a run heavier game plan, but if everyone thinks that and no one's going to play, you know, Tua or pay up for Tyreek or, or get to Jalen Waddle, I think that'd be an interesting tournament play. So again, we'll see where the ownership 
settles in on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up because I think that the reason to not talk about it is I don't think it's one to be either on or off this week. Like if you're setting a bunch of lineups, I would absolutely Mm -hmm. work some Dolphins in. I'm not avoiding them. At the other side, I think the ultimate ceiling, like the way things play out for them this week is the running game is the highest ceiling area. You don't ever have to make a case for Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle getting there. So those are just two guys where if I'm building lineups, I'm like, all right, We'll get some Tyree Kill. We'll get some Jalen Waddle, unless they're both like twenty plus percent ownership projection. Yeah, I mean, even in a run heavy game plan, you know, Hill and Waddle are the types where it takes four catches. They could have one hundred twenty yards and a couple touchdowns. Yeah, they just fall into that category. Like, I don't feel like I need to talk about them. People know what's there yeah. at this point. You talked about yeah. figuring out the Chiefs, and that brings us to tight ends because whenever you're figuring out the Chiefs, the first question is, am I playing Travis Kelsey or am I not playing Travis Kelsey? He's probably a little too expensive to factor into cash for you, right? Yeah, he is. You know, well, we can talk about him on FanDuel. I think he makes more sense there. But on DraftKings, like these, these you know, second, third tier tight ends are literally half the cost of Travis Kelsey. So I, I like going cheap at tight end. And there are for for cash, there are like four tight ends in the in the three K range that I think are okay. None of them like stick out to me as great plays. So it's Greg Dalsich at thirty seven hundred, Foster Moreau at thirty four hundred. Hayden Hurst at 3,300, Evan Ingram at 3,200. Like, I think they're all nice target bets for the price tag. None of them stick out to me as like must play. So, to me, that's going to be like the last spot I fill in, uh, see how much money I have left. At my current construction now, I have enough for Greg Dalsich, who is our highest projected among those four. So, I would just play him at 3,700. But again, if you need to get down to even Evan Ingram at 32, I think that's fine. I agree with them all being fairly close together. And that's pointing me toward Evan Ingram at 3,200 for the salary savings for the one among that group. That's just, even though he has weeks that disappoint us from the target share standpoint, he has the most target history for us in that group. So we can at least say there's a decent expectation for him. I also don't think that Jacksonville is going to find it as easy to run this week as they have in other games. Baltimore defense has been much better lately. Two straight opponents have been held under 250 total yards. You could talk about the weakness of opponents, but under 250 total yards against any NFL team is a very good defensive performance. They're third against the pass, fourth against the run in DVOA over the past four weeks. So if this game, I think there's a chance that this game goes in a direction where Jacksonville has to throw it maybe more than they want to heading in. And if that does happen, the Baltimore defense ranks 25th in tight end coverage DVOA, which is much lower than they rank in coverage against any other position. So it, it very well could be a game where Evan Ingram is a favorite option, maybe to the point where he's a favorite option going into it, I hope. Um, it's Baltimore is also easily, I'm sorry, tight end is easily the position that Baltimore is friendliest against in terms of adjusted fantasy points allowed for the season. Yeah. And Ingram does check in as our top value at tight end. So I would definitely start there. And then, you know, if you get to the end, you have extra money, you can consider going up to, you know, Dalsich, which is what I'm doing right now. So we talked about the cheap guys. Are they in your plans on the tourney side? Or are you looking up higher than that? No, I'm going to stay away from actually all four of those guys we mentioned. Um, I don't you know, love the upside on any of them. Travis Kelsey, obviously in play. I actually prefer Mark Andrews, though. You're getting $1,200 in salary savings. I think he's going to come in much lower on because he was you know, underwhelming last week in, a, in his return. But the, the usage remained elite. 97% of their outs, a 24% target share. I think he's at like a 28% target share in his healthy games this season Um, and Jacksonville. So they haven't given up a lot of fantasy points to tight ends this season, but they're 32nd in football outsiders, tight end coverage ranking could be a blow up spot for Mark Andrews. I do think you're going to get him at, um, you know, lower ownership than he should be. 
Yeah, he had eight targets and six catches last week. Like, that's disappointing because it was only 63 yards. Disappointing for Mark Andrews. It would be amazing for pretty much every other tight end uh, in the league. So it was a good return for him, especially considering he was returning from two injuries. And this Jacksonville defense has been third worst just overall as a defense over the past four weeks. Much worse against the pass than the run. Mid-pack against the run, but third worst against the pass by DVOA. So I agree. Mark Andrews is the expensive guy. That intrigues me here, and I would like to go that way over the cheaper guys. But if if the way I'm building a team, you know, favors it, then I'm okay with just fishing basically anywhere in that yeah. pool of those three K guys. For sure, yeah. I mean, the, so the two cheaper guys I like for tournaments. Um, the first is Gerald Everett, who was a full practice, put in a full practice on Thursday. So it looks like that groin injury is behind him. Um, he's averaged six point six targets in his eight healthy games this season. Yeah, you could argue that that might take a hit with Keenan Allen back. They they work the same areas of the field, but again, no Mike Williams on Sunday. So I think Everett's still a good target bet. And then Arizona, thirty first in football outsiders tight end coverage rankings and thirty first in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end. So really nice matchup for Gerald Everett. And then on the other side of that game. I do think Trey McBride is a little interesting for tournaments at 3100 bucks. This is assuming Rondell Moore and Greg Dorch missed this game, and neither guy has practiced so far this week, so I am expecting both of them to miss. You know, that literally leaves Arizona without a slot receiver. We'll see how they, you know, handle it. It might be Hopkins more in the slot. You know, Marquise Brown can play in there if he's back on Sunday. But, you know, McBride has gotten the routes the past two weeks with Zach Ertz out. You know, the targets just haven't come. But, again, if, if Moore and Dorch are out, I think that might mean a, a bigger target share for the tight end. I need to see him get more than a two-yard dot before I can play him in a tournament lineup, though. That's fair. Over to defense, and I, Jared, I, I'm not yeah. sure that I'm going to be able to get past just one defense here. The Chiefs, yeah. 2,800 bucks facing probably John Wolford, maybe Bryce Perkins. Like, the Rams were already one of the best matchups, even if Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup were in there. We've got no Cooper Cup. We've got no Matthew Stafford. So I, I don't care. I don't care if every single other person in the tournament has Ooh. the Chiefs. I think I'm just going to go ahead and play him at 2,800. Yeah, well that, that that's the discussion here. I mean, for cash, I think the Chiefs are a lock. You know, the Chiefs are 13-point home favorites. The Rams have a 13.25-point implied total right now. That's I'm pretty sure that's the lowest we've seen all season. It's you know, the lowest I can remember in a while. Um, the tournament discussion, I think the discussion is more interesting. Like, if they're going to be 30 to 40%, which I think they will be, like, what do you do with them? I think you have to ask yourself, you know, is there a – better than 30% chance they're the defense you need for tournaments? The, the answer could definitely be yes. Um, if, if you do want to pivot off the Chiefs, I think um, the Jets at 3,300 against the Bears, you know, whether it's Fields or someone else, I think, think there's still upside there. Um, and I think both defenses in the Broncos-Panthers game are interesting. You have to pay up for the Broncos at 3,800 bucks, but they get Sam Darnold and then the Panthers, you know, Russell Wilson and Denver have still been struggling. And then, Tennessee, I have here too at 3,100 bucks. You know, just a, a quality defense. Uh, the Bengals still near the top of the league in sacks a lot. So I think all those defenses have upside. You know, can can they outscore the, the Chiefs is the question in tournaments. Yeah, certainly these things usually come down to defensive touchdowns, and we can never predict who's going to do that. But like this is the the Chiefs aren't a good defense in general, but they're they're in the best matchup the the matchup with the best chance of being a shutout. Yeah. They are likely to pressure the Rams into throwing the ball more with a quarterback who's clearly not equipped to do so, and they have a garbage running game on that side. So that like, most weeks I'd be like, yeah, if a third of the field's playing this defense. I'm going to go yeah. look for another one. And there's certainly a case to be made for some of the other ones that you mentioned, but this is one of the very few cases where I'm like, it's going to have to be like 50% for me to change my plans here. 
one other thing I'll say on the Chiefs defense, I, I'm expecting it to be Bryce Perkins at quarterback for the Rams. We'll, we'll see. But, you know, the report is that he, he's been getting the first team reps in practice this week. He's like a super mobile quarterback, um, which, you know, to me probably means just, it just means fewer pass attempts from the Rams. Like he's still going to have to drop back and throw because they're going to be playing from behind. But he, he, he could drop back and run quite a bit. And that, that just lowers the upside. You know, it, it's fewer interception opportunities, fewer sack opportunities if he's just taken off and running. Yeah, we'll see. I'll, I think I'll probably take my chances regardless of who's in there. So that'll do it for the Week 12 DraftKings podcast. You can head over to DraftSharks.com now to play around with the lineup generator. Build your own lineups for playing on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. You can also find Jared's articles highlighting top picks for cash and GPP entries on DraftKings this week. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.